Hi, Michelle Sparks with you and today I just want to share with you a couple of thoughts that I think have great significance and great bearing on the increased prevalence of eating disorders and disordered eating in our communities. That's certainly the case in Australia. There is a rising prevalence of eating disorders. There's a lot of concern about that. People are asking why is that happening. Well, I just want to share a couple of thoughts on that today. And the first is this. I think as we would all be aware, you know, the internet being connected by social media has great benefit, but there is obviously a downside. And one of those downsides, I think, or one that is impacting upon the prevalence of eating disorders, is the increased exposure to images and events that are really disturbing. Um, And that is because our connections travel faster and further with less censorship. Uh, News that was once uh, for the local market is now, you know, images that maybe would have just been seen locally are now beamed across the world with um, some atrocious images, as you know, from ISIS and events in Nice and Brussels and Orlando and Turkey, Syria, Ukraine. I mean, there's no end of things that we can see at at any moment and the exposure is 24-7 and I think obviously we need to be mindful of what we uh, expose, what we allow ourselves to feed on, you know, those images. Not all images that are out there are health promoting for us to be consuming and I, th- I think like any healthy diet you've got to really look at the balance of what you are exposing yourself to. My point there is I do think that the proliferation of images and awareness of what's going on in the world that the sense of uncertainty, the sense of terror would be very challenging for young lives to process. It's hard enough when you are older and more mature and hopefully have developed some resilience and capacity to rationalise and think through these events more broadly. They still impact us as mature adults. But I think for younger lives, the ability to see and be influenced by these images, uh, many uncensored many violent, many uh, increasing one's sense of vulnerability on the world stage, I think that has a great bearing on the increase of anxiety disorders, eating disorders, disordered eating. I think at the end of the day, these uh, conditions are really a way to secure oneself, to secure acceptance, to secure a sense of belonging, and to secure one's support system, to make oneself feel more in control and safe in a world that may be very close to a person. You know, it might be the, the family environment, the community environment, or the greater world stage. It can be There can be impacts on all those arenas. So that's the first thing that I think. I think just our exposure to world events is a contributing factor. The other one that I just want to mention is I was reading an article from the National Eating Disorder Collaboration here in Australia and it was an interview with uh, Professor Susan Paxton from uh, La Trobe University in Melbourne, uh, the School of Psychological Services and they were asking her about the increased prevalence of eating disorders and She wisely said, you know, there's no single cause, there's genetics, there's uh, socio-environmental factors, 
there's, oh, I can't think of all the things she said, but, you know, she was saying that there is an increased pressure on appearance. And, you know, there's no doubt that there are all these factors at play in the mix of the development, the multifaceted, multidimensional development of an eating disorder. But one of the things I just wanted to touch upon with regard to appearance, and we are seeing young men and young women and women and men across the board really um, obsessing over appearance, getting very obsessed and very, uh, you know, engaging in what are not health-promoting behaviours, not only in the eating disordered space, but in the bodybuilding, steroid abuse, overexercise, orthorexia, there's a lot of areas that this is impacting. But one of the things I wanted to just comment on with regard to appearance that I think also is partly responsible for that rise in eating disorders, disordered eating prevalence, again pertains to safety and personal safety and security. And the images that I'm thinking about here are those that are pornified, hypersexualized, where people are objectified, where they are really they're represented as body parts and their worth and value is uh, minimized or reduced to their sexual attractiveness. And that can sound like, you know, there can be you know, we are sexual human beings and our sexuality is such a wonderful part of who we are and it's something to be enjoyed. And But where it gets dangerous and where I think people can feel vulnerable in their skin is when these pornified images, which are so prevalent and so accessible to young lives. I mean, young boys are wanting pornified sex with their young girlfriends and I wonder how that impacts on a young person's sense of worth and value when they are again being treated as an object, not as a person, a whole person living inside a body. The body is home. It's not an object to be used or abused or exploited. You know, it's not an object to be punished in an eating disorder, but nor is it an object to be used, abused or exploited in a porn pornified culture where at the end of that spectrum is some real violence against bodies and you know I know the women in the um, porn videos are coached to look like they're enjoying that stuff but I can tell you from the research and going behind the scenes you can read people like Gail Dines you can read people here on the Australian stage like Melinda Tankard Rice, and you can find out that a lot of those um, actresses are actually in physical pain and they are experience, experiencing physical injury. You can also discover that some of the people who are perpetrators in that industry have no regard for women, in fact. And, um, you know, what I'm trying to say there is I think the prevalence and exposure of these hypersexualized, objectified, pornified images that again, like the violence on the world stage, this is violence on a more intimate stage. And I think both of them have real impact upon a person's sense of value, of worth and of security in their skin. And I think that's why, I think both of those exposures to 
uh, violence to people, where where life is not viewed as sacred, where bodies are not treated as valuable, where people are not treated as valuable, whether it's by ISIS or by the maker of a, a, a hardcore porn video and the fact that those images are beamed 24-7 so accessible to young and maturing and developing lives. And people who in many ways in the fabric of our society may not be as well connected in families and in communities as one would hope because those uh, connections with other people, real people, whole people who value us and we value them because of the whole person and all the qualities they bring to the relationship. They're not... They're not um, dismantled into body parts. They're not treated as objects. They're not abused or uh, acted upon with violence. Those connections are so important. So I've got pretty stirred up about that, but I just do want to speak to those things that I believe are uh, part of the bigger picture, the many elements that feed into the environment that is the environment in which people are sitting with their hearts, needing value, needing worth, needing to know they have safety and security. And what does that look like? How do we help people to feel more secure, both in their immediate surroundings and also in the, on the bigger world stage? I guess for me right now, the thing I would really like to encourage you, my listener, whoever you may be, I'd love to hear from you. I'd love your feedback. I'd love your questions. I started to shoot this as a video and I may upload it on my YouTube channel, but I got um, uh, waylaid by construction noise next door. But I'd love your questions. I'd, lo I'd love your feedback. And the thing I'd like to suggest to you today is, you know, you are, no matter what you are exposed to on the world stage or closer to home, the truth is you have worth. You have undeniable, uncontestable, created worth and value. And when you can put the roots of your being and you can sink them down into the fact that you, you are created with worth and value, and that will help shore up a sense of security against some of those things that make you feel like you have no value, some of those images and some of those actions by people in the in the wider world uh, landscape that make people feel like they have no value. It's not true. They are the actions of a minority. Unfortunately, they are beamed in in ways that make you feel like they are very prevalent, but they are not the majority. And I would like to suggest to you that you really look at your connections, that you shore up and spend time and invest in your connections where people value you, where you value them, where they are accepting and um, valuing of you as a whole person. They look at you as a whole person. They treat you as a whole person. They don't just objectify, minimize, reduce your value to your body parts or minimize it even further in ways that just don't affirm your life and affirm your value. So I would really encourage you to, to shore up, look at the connections around you that have the capacity to nurture you and you can, you can also invest and nurture 
those connections. You can uh, be caring and building up of lives at the other end of your voice and your actions. So let's go, go ahead and not hurt but help and promote hope and help rather than the opposite. The other thing I think that's really important is just to, you know, take time out from the exposure to those images and messages that do not affirm life, do not promote health to you and to others. Don't, you know, really limit your exposure to those things and in fact increase your exposure to things that build hope and joy and a sense of what is good there is so much that is so good in the world don't let the other images bombard and overwhelm you turn your social media off watch what you listen to watch what you read i mean just be aware of that and and focus on some of the wonderful things that are around you focus on the sunshine you know, the fact that you've got sight, that you can look outside, you can see a blue sky, you can see clouds, you can see the sun traveling through, I don't know, a cloudy landscape. You can see rain, you can feel sun on your skin, you can feel the wind or a breeze on your skin. You can feel the grass or, or dirt or soil under your feet. You can feel through your fingers, you can feel the texture of a book. You can smell food. You can hear the uh, cry of your baby or the. you can hear a loved one. You can listen to a bird twitter in a tree. You can think with your mind. You can explore new ideas. You can look at ways to make the world a better place. And right now in your immediate connections, you can do things that build hope and courage and encouragement. You can give encouragement to others. You can praise them for the things that you admire and enjoy about them. And um, I hope they're giving that back to you. You know, the things, the qualities, the characteristics of the people in your world that mean so much to you. Reach out with love, with hope, with help and counteract some of that stuff that is impacting on you and on me and on the people we live amongst. You know, don't let the negative overwhelm you. Don't let the images bombard you. Yes, you know, I do think the prevalence of images is um, and information that is has a negative slant is affecting us on a corporate and individual level. So the only thing we can really do there is use that same... Uh, airways, use the social media, use the internet to promote health, to affirm life, to encourage other people and not to stick your head in the sand by any means but balance it up and do things, go where life is, go where joy is, go where peace is. Let the roots of your being and the foundations of your life go deep into the love that created you, that upholds you. Feed into and feed on the great connections that you have in your human relationships. Appreciate the things that are good that you have in your world. Take time to be grateful for those things. Ah, even the smallest things, the fact that you can taste your food. (laughs) It doesn't sound like much, but I tell you what, when you lose your taste, it means the world. The fact that you can see, that you can hear, that you can touch, that you can listen to music, to a person, that you can have a conversation. 
that you can sit inside your own skin and think your own thoughts and dream your own dreams and write your own vision of a future and a hope that's good and full of good things for you. Nothing's impossible. I just want to really encourage you today. I had two thoughts. One was about the prevalence, but it does come into the thought about encouraging you to be aware what you expose yourself to, to limit exposure to images and media that are, are really uh, causing you more anxiety than is helpful or health promoting and to, do, to instead turn the tables and use that media, go to places, go to sites that feed your soul, that give you great images, beautiful images of um, scenery, of nature, of people doing great things. There is a lot that is good and wonderful. Feed on those images. Let your mind be restored and renewed. Let hope return. Let courage and encouragement feed your soul. Feed your soul. Don't feed your soul on stuff that's going to destroy it. I'm going around the world in 80 days here. But anyway, that's a few thoughts. And uh, it is a bit of a fruit salad, but there you go. Take it. Travel well. And uh, hit me up. MP underscore Sparks, Michelle at michellesparks.com. Love your feedback. Love your questions. Love to dialogue. Love to hear from you. Okay, take care. Bye now.